to the 51st episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed the very first best of Jeff Becomes Jeff on Monday's episode, episode number 50. Yay! Yay! And if you have not listened to that, that episode is covering the first 24 episodes of the podcast. This, in the second part of the best of series, the first best of series or episode or set of episodes, whatevs. But this episode will cover the 25th through the 48th episode. I'm not going to bother pulling anything from episode 49, given that that was the Christmas special and not really the same as the format of pretty much every other episode of the podcast. However, feel free to go back and listen to the Christmas special 2021 episode. It is very funny, very entertaining, and very different. By the time this episode is released, it will be just a couple days before we ring in the new year, 2022, which I'm sure is bound to bring us a variety of new strains of COVID-19. Perhaps we'll finally meet COVID-20. I can't wait for that. So who knows what holy hell is in store for us in 2022. On Monday's episode following the new year, we will be discussing the idea of New Year's resolutions, which, surprise, surprise, I'm not a big fan of. I want to give a quick shout out to Tim and Brittany Coakley, who have invited me to go over to their house and hang out on New Year's Eve, which I will be doing. Also, a shout out to Miss Lisa Harper, Brittany's mom. AKA Jeff's number one fan. I know the three of them are pretty avid listeners to the podcast, so I appreciate that. I appreciate your listenership. I appreciate your friendship and look forward to hanging out here in a few days. So just like on the last episode, I will be using the same sound effect, the dump truck sound effect to separate the clips. I will not be setting up each individual clip. However, they will be in order. I may not pull from every episode between 25 and 48. I didn't pull from every episode between 1 and 24, most of them. But I ended up finding that the dump truck sound effect and the backing up sound seemed to make sense because it's a best of. So I'm kind of backing up. I'm digging into the trash and I'm picking out the most viable shit to cram into your ear holes. You're welcome. So without further ado, let's get this show, this best of episodes 25 through 48. Here we go. My problem this year is that I gained a lot of weight last year during COVID and my belly got a little bigger and my jeans didn't quite fit so comfortably. I didn't need them that often because obviously we weren't leaving the house that much. But when I did, I still had to have a pair of jeans that didn't make my nipples explode from the pressure coming from the tight-waisted nature of my pantaloons. But I have since lost them about 13 to 14 pounds down, depending on the day. So my jeans are very kind of... I 
should be in an in-between size. I have 36s that I am wearing. That's that's fat Peggy Jeff. And yes, I have dug my 34s out of the closet and tried to button them and fasten them. I'm sure if I sucked my stomach and pretty much everything else in as much as possible, I might be able to fasten them. But again, nipple explosion from the pressure. No one wants that. But with the 36s, it's I'm, again, at an in-between size, and it's very difficult. Men, you will know this. It's hard to find jeans that are 33s or 35s. Everything is typically sold off the rack in an even number. But that one inch makes a difference. With the jeans that I can currently comfortably fasten and wear, every three or four steps, I'm constantly hiking them back up because they're halfway down my ass. I don't have hips. I don't have baby don't have back. I don't have shit to hold these jeans up. That's the job of the waistband and the button. And I know some of you might say, Jeff, you could just wear a belt. I guess I could wear a belt, but unfortunately, because I am more of a t-shirt, untucked kind of guy, I'm not tucking that shit into my jeans. That looks almost as stupid as fucking Han Solo boots. And if I have a belt on with an untucked shirt, now the the fat of piggy stomach is going to constantly just rest and press into this metal buckle. That is very uncomfortable. I may prefer the nipple explosion. You know, after saying it a few times, I'm really starting to latch on to nipple explosion. That may be the name of my next band, so look out for that on iTunes and Spotify. Words are words, man. You are the one giving it the power when you get upset just hearing that combination of consonants and vowels. So before I dive in, let me address the title of the episode, which I'm sure in and of itself is garnering people going, that's not right, Jeff. I was very delicate in the wording of the title of this podcast, which is political correctness is retarding, not retarded. I didn't say retarded, but I guarantee the majority of people that see that title for the first time, if they don't read it a second time, they're going to think that's what I said. But retarding is a word like if we don't want to refer to people with mental disabilities as retarded, does that mean we can't use the term like fire retardant? Because retarded, retard, retarding, those are all words that actually apply in the English language that has nothing to do with an individual or hate speech. In fact, retarding the word from the Oxford Dictionary means delaying or holding back in terms of progress, development, or accomplishment. And yes, I truly believe that political correctness in this day and age is holding us back from development, from progress, from accomplishment, because we're all on edge and constantly afraid. It's this cancel culture. God forbid anyone say anything that could be interpreted by anyone incorrectly. That's not how we should be living. It's now a society of sticks and stones. I've never heard of sticks and stones, but your words, oh my God, they're killing me. It's We, we need to change the nursery rhyme if you guys don't want to fucking change your point of view and realize there's a lot to be taken away from that little turn of speech that we all grew up with. But again, I purposefully use that title because I know people are going to see it. They're not even going to give it a second look, and they're going to think that I said political correctness is retarded. 
Now, let's also point out that the word retarded was used by the medical community up until the 90s. Hell, only 10 years ago, I remember driving by a building in downtown Columbus that had a huge sign outside of it, and it caught my attention because it was like the CRC, like the Council for Retarded Citizens. It was some official building that helped people with mental disabilities. But because the term was commonplace... It takes time for people to have to adjust. That's part of the other problem is some of the words I'm going to discuss on this program when I was growing up, even into my adulthood, they weren't bad words. Political correctness took over and then all of a sudden someone said, well, you can't say that word anymore. And it's like, but I've been saying it for the last 30 years. How am I supposed to reprogram my brain? But if we were able to reprogram our brain to be driven by political correctness, we can reprogram our brains to realize that words don't have power without us. Quite honestly, there's a lot of childhood songs that, man, they're weird. They have really weird lyrics like this old man. Do you remember this old man? This old man, he plays one, he plays knick-knack on my thumb. What the fuck is knick-knack? I mean, maybe we're going back to a period of time where knick-knack was a game, but at the time of learning this in like the late 70s, early 80s, I didn't know what the fuck knick-knack was. I just sang it because those were the words. Regardless, I think it's very weird that an old man, whatever knick-knack is, that he's doing it to my thumb. And then, of course, with a knick-knack paddywhack, give a dog a bone. That sounds dirty. Oh, yeah. Give that dog a bone. This old man comes rolling home, which I would assume means he's shwasted at the time of arriving home if he has to roll there. He can't walk, he can't drive, he's just rolling his way home. Who does that? But we don't question these lyrics. However, looking into this song a little further, because I don't remember all the different verses, it gets a little creepier. So just remember, this is an old man that's playing knick-knack on different parts of me, I guess, as he gets intoxicated and then has to roll his ass home. Oh, don't forget that he gave the dog a bone. So I'll go through the verses here, like, abbreviated. This old man, he plays too. He plays knick-knack on my shoe. So now he's kind of starting at his feet. Maybe he's going to work his way up to my special parts. This old man, he plays three. He plays knick-knack on my knee. Yes, he is working his way up. This old man, he plays four. He plays knick-knack on my door. Apparently, he stopped at the knee and waited till I got home. And then one night came over and started playing knick-knack knick-knack on my door to let me know I'm ready to play knick-knack on things other than your thumb, foot, or knee. Are you home? This old man, he plays five. He plays knick-knack on that hive. I don't understand that reference at all. I don't want to know what it means. Maybe it's his ball sack because a ball sack looks a little bit like a hornet's nest or a beehive. So maybe because I haven't opened the door yet, and he's totally been turned on by my thumb, foot, and knee. He has to help himself a little bit. Good for you, old man. Now roll yourself home. Oh, wait, no, we're not done. This old man, he plays six. He plays knick-knack on my sticks. Hmm, that's plural. That makes it not as bad. 
unless I'm like the guy with five dicks. I don't know if you heard about that in the news. The guy with five dicks, his pants fit like a glove. That was stupid. This old man, he plays seven. He plays knickknack up in heaven. So clearly by seven, the old man, the old pedophile, alcoholic, has died and gone to heaven if he's playing knickknack in heaven. Wrong! By the eighth verse, he's alive again. This old man, he plays eight. He plays knickknack on my gate. Nothing about that is obviously offensive. However, I would consider my butthole like a gate. The door only, you know, swings one way. How dare you, knickknack man? This old man, he plays nine. He plays knickknack on my vine. All right, unlike sticks, vine, my vine, that's getting pretty specific from a euphemism perspective. Stay away from my vine. You already knickknacked my gate. Is that not enough for you, old man? This old man, he plays ten. He plays knickknack once again. That's the end of the song. So essentially, we have an old alcoholic pedophile who's playing with little boys, and when he's finished with them, he moves on to another one. That's the way I am interpreting this song now that I am a grown-up and seeing the fucking lyrics, which are fucking weird. Cool. All right. So before we finish up the podcast, we're going to go into one of my favorite segments. All right, kids. It's time for Jeff's Asshole Trivia. That's right. It's the trivia game show where Jeff is an asshole and tries to make his guests feel like an idiot. Not a trivia show about Jeff's asshole. All right, that's right, it's Jess Asshole Trivia, not trivia about my asshole. I'm trying to be an asshole. Now, I've had two previous guests in the studio, and they both did fantastic. Uh, they they got more than 50%, which is what makes you a winner. Oh, boy. I've got 10 things I'm going to ask you here with a bonus question in the event that you're split on a 50-50. You got five out of 10. Now, I didn't want to, I try and do something that's specific to the person that I'm talking to, but I didn't want to do like social media trivia or YouTube trivia. So you're a little younger than me, probably by almost 10 years, I'm guessing. So Mm. you might do well on this. There's a lot of these I wouldn't know. This is the subject of today's Jeff's Asshole Trivia is texting slash gaming slash social media abbreviations. So like LOL or BRB, things like that, but I'm obviously not going to go picking them most obvious ones. All right. So I'm curious to see how many of these you will know. And if you don't know the answer, please, please make something up just because <laughs> I want to hear what corny ideas popping into your head for these acronyms. Okay. First of all, I'd like to say it's really nice to be here in Jeff's asshole. First question, why is it so echoey in here? Hello. 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 We'll add that in post. <laughs> All right, so number one, and again, I'm going to point out that pretty much all of these, I wouldn't know the answer to. Okay. But I'm also late 40, mid-late 40s, so I'm getting to that point where I'm the old man that, you know, what is up with these weird acronyms? Okay, here we go. FTW. For the win. Wow. Already out of the gate. See, this is where where I suck at this fucking game because I want to be an asshole. The first one, you don't even have to think about it. I would not have known that. All right. Y-N-K. Y-N-K. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, good. Y-N-K. You now know. Oh, so close. You never know. You never know. You never know. So, But very close. Very Ooh. good. Um, so you, you're one for two. Okay. All right. G-M-T-A. 
GMTA. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that most, if not all of these that I've selected, they're conversational. So they're not, you know, sp- like the one that's uh, I anal, which is I am not a lawyer. I'm not doing weird shit like that that's industry oh, specific. I know. It's give me that ass. Give me that ass is incorrect, but I love the response. It's great minds think alike. Oh my gosh. So, and again, so just a lot of these are just figures of speech that are people have condensed. And I found this on an article that was listing like the most used. Can uh, I say I've never heard anyone abbreviate great minds think alike? And that's fine. Neither have I. Never. I'm trying to be an asshole, Gil. Okay. <laughs> All I'll right. see you. C W O T. C W O T. Which sounds like a dirty word if you get quat. You're such a quat. W O T. Come without Tetris. <laughs> well, first off, without is one word. It's complete waste of time. Oh my goodness. Just like you driving out here to do this show, that's what you're thinking. C W O T. Why am I here? All right. Yes, I'm doing awesome here. You've only gotten one out of four. I need to come back. All right. You might know this one. I I wouldn't have, but I'm pretty sure that this is maybe something that people do use. TLDR. Wait, I've seen that one. I've seen that one, though. I'll give you a hint. You would respond to someone with this if they were very verbose. Verbose? If they sent you a long-ass text. Hey, Siri, what does verbose mean? (laughs) Don't wake that bitch up. I heard that. (laughs) The long... The... The, uh, so TLDR, TLDR. you just sent me a crazy text. that's three pages long TLDR. I don't know. Too long. Didn't read. What? I know. It's a very dismissive piece of shit acronym. <laughs> Too long. Didn't read. Yes, I know. That's okay. I know there's some that you're going to know before we're done. I'm crumbling here. People. <laughs> All right. N-A-G-I. N-A-G-I. It's a cautionary acronym. N-A-G-I. Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> nope, that's phone all Phone a friend? <laughs> phone a friend. N-A- Is that your final answer? G-I. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. I know. These are stupid. Hey, I'm feeling great. I figured- guys, these acronyms. All right, you're a, you're a gamer. You're fucking going to know this one. Okay. AFK. Oh, away from keyboard. Okay, Easy. there you go. So see, look, I'm not a Good. total asshole. I thought you might know that one. Um, okay. S-O-M-L. S-O-M-L. Um. Sucky <laughs> on my lips. Sucky like, on my lips. I like that much better. It's the story of my life. Story of my life. I know. I, who the fuck is doing this? Yes, I'm so glad I'm finally an asshole. That is the purpose, Gil. That's the point, is I'm trying to be an asshole and make you sound as stupid as possible. That's why it's called Jess Asshole Trivia. I'm going to spend the rest of the day on Twitter. (laughs) It's just blasting out acronyms to people. Just throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. All right, we've got two more, and I'll still give you the bonus question regardless. Okay. YGTR. This is number nine. YGTR. It's a very affirmative statement. YGTR. YG. You would say it if you really agreed with someone. 
We got that right. You got that right. I'm going to give you oh, that YGT. one. Yeah, YGTR. Yeah, yeah. You got I'll that give, right. So, yeah. You got that right. YGTR. Number nine. YGTR. You got that right. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> um, so, let's see. You've gotten for the win, away from keyboard, and with a little help, you got that right. Okay. The number 10, and like I said, we'll do the bonus question regardless. J-S-Y-K. I love I love the looks that I'm getting when I give them these. It's these squinting eyes. Just saying, you know. I'm gonna count that. It's just so you know. Just so you know. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that one. So just so you are at four correct out of ten. So you will not win. But I'm still gonna give you the bonus question. Oh, just for your pleasure. Well, I'm curious if you're gonna know this because you're younger. I would have never used this text because I'll give you a hint. This is a acronym that would only be used by a child or a minor. Okay. Oh, oh. P I T R. And as a father, it would be helpful to know what this means. Really? Yes. Parent in the room. That is correct. Did you know that already? No, I didn't. Oh, wow. Well, way to put that one together. So, hey, not too bad. Five out of 11, including the bonus question. So just under the 50% mark for the first time, I am truly an asshole. So, Good job, Jeff. You thank are you. an asshole. I am excited about that. Now do I put a pile of shit crown on your head? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, I already have a pile of shit on my shoulders. It's called my head, so... <laughs> It's what pisses me off so much about live concerts. Everyone's got their phone up in the air, and I can't see the fucking stage because everybody's got their fucking hands up in the air, and I have to watch the camera through the fucking phone of the douchebag in front of me because I can't see the fucking stage. That's fine. If you want to take a few pictures or some short videos to capture that moment for yourself, that's fine. Don't fucking film the whole goddamn concert. You have your memory for that. Your brain, ladies and gentlemen, is designed to store things, and you're able to access that storage at will. But instead, the douchebag in front of me, his only memory of the fucking concert is what he saw through his fucking phone. Not actually watching the concert. Stop doing that, you pieces of shit. However, I will say that Playing gigs is very exhausting, and it gets worse as I get older. I don't know how I am such a, what I consider to be a fat tub of lard. I've lost 15 pounds in the last couple months, but I put on 30 pounds during COVID, so I still have a long way to go before I get back to the point where I still felt like a fat ass. But the reason I say, why am I a fat ass? One, I'm busting my ass. I'm burning calories like it's nobody's business playing these gigs, loading the van, setting up, tearing down, unloading the van. And I eat like shit. And when I say I eat like shit, I don't mean that I eat like on the way to the show, I got three Big Macs and a large fry. No. All I had to eat today prior to my gig was three quarters of a banana and a slice of American cheese wrapped around a slice of turkey bologna. That's not enough calories, Jeff. I know. And it doesn't help when you are in a place that serves food. And while you're playing, you're watching everyone eat this food and it looks delicious. But now I can't touch any food because I'm playing my guitar and if my fingers get greasy, it just won't go well. Speaking of playing and weird things on my fingers, did you say weird things on my fingers? 
but inevitably there will be people that want to buy you a shot as the artist. I am not a liquor guy. I will just get like tonight, I got a little bucket of five Coors Lights, very low ABV, and I want to point out that the venue that I played at was very close to my house. Very close. If I had to walk home, I could. But I had those five beers in that bucket over the course of five hours. So technically, based on the oxidation time period of alcohol, those five beers were oxidized from my system before I left. I should have had a 0.0 blood alcohol level. Except for the shot. A shot was bought for me, and I was like, if someone wants to buy me a shot, inevitably I will go for Fireball. Because Fireball is sweet, it's easy to digest, it doesn't taste too liquory. But they did not have any Fireball tonight, they were out. So they brought me the shot that the table was having, which was Jameson and pickle juice. So I assume I'm gonna get this weird looking shot that's Jameson mixed with pickle juice, but no, it's a two-fisted, two-glass concoction that requires one glass, one shot of Jameson, and another glass with fucking pickle juice in it. And then they say, well, you drink the Jameson first and then chase it with the pickle juice. I did it because it was paid for and I want to be appreciative and it was the only shot I had tonight. Was it good? Well, if you like pickle juice, it was good. I like pickles. I don't drink pickle juice. I'm not a pig fucker. But I will say that as much as I hate liquor, and especially I hate fucking whiskey or Jameson or shit like that, on the bright side, the fucking pickle juice completely eliminated the taste of Jameson. Now, ladies, a brawl is not a top. It is not uncommon nowadays for there to be shirts and tops that are basic, or just women that walk around in a sports bra. If you insist on doing that at the gym, even though there are certain gyms that basically say a woman has to have on more than a sports bra because that is a fucking undergarment, kind of like an undershirt, I'm not going to fucking walk around in an undershirt because it is an undergarment. That means they're supposed to be an outer garment. Look, I like the sight of a lady's body just as much as the next guy. But there is also sexiness in the not exactly knowing. A lot of girls would go out with a guy, and even if they never take an article of clothing off on their first two dates, he still pretty much knows what she's going to look like naked. He just doesn't know, maybe, like, is there a landing strip? Is it a bald taco? Does she have pepperoni or salami nipples? I don't know. Those are some things that you'll find out. But I do not think walking around in any undergarment is considered appropriate attire. Yes, there are ladies' tops that are a little more risque, Yay! but are designed as tops. But literally walking around in a fucking sports bra, that's not a top. Not even at the gym. You want me going into Planet Fitness with just my fucking boxer briefs on? Watching the back of my dark gray boxers get darker as my butt sweat begins to build? You're welcome, ladies, for that visual. Oh, and while we're talking about advertisements, it is now the time of year where there are live sports on that, you know, I do watch occasionally. So therefore, you do see a lot more commercials because you're watching it live and you're getting full, long ass, five minute commercial breaks. 
I want to say it's Discover. See, I can't even remember if it's Discover or Capital One, but they have been running the same fucking commercial for years, and it was never that great of a commercial to begin with. It's the one with the cashback match on the credit card where there was a whole series of them where people would call like a version of themselves that was in a call center that was helping them, and they were kind of talking to themselves. Well, this one that they have stuck with and continued to run for fucking years is the one with the Asian lady talking to herself, and it's like, cash back match, people! I'm going to spread the word. Spread it wide. I don't remember if they say spread it wide. That would probably not be the best scripting, but I think it's very possible that they say spread it wide. Oh, yeah. Cash back match. I have no patience for that fucking commercial. I've seen it too many fucking times. I have no patience for Discover or Capital One or whoever the fuck that is for their marketing department to say, hey, maybe we should make a new commercial. We released this one in 1976. But yeah, we've gotten trained to just fucking hate and despise advertisements and just expect, again, everything is available to you at your fingertips in the blink of an eye. And if it's not, fuck that. So now I'm going to talk about the bathroom issue, the whole reason the article that I saw that caused me to say I need to talk about this. Like I said, there was a local school, Upper Arlington High School in Central Ohio, that was having issues with students breaking locks on the private bathrooms because they didn't want to use the gender-neutral bathrooms, which were basically the men's rooms and the ladies' rooms. It seems so obvious and easy to me. Why not just make the private restrooms for the small, teeny, tiny faction of people in the high school that have gender neutrality or gender questions or concerns? Let them use the private bathrooms and let the boys use the boys' room. Let the girls use the girls' room. Why do we have to make all of the restrooms gender neutral to try and appease a very, very small faction of the population in that school. As I mentioned earlier, I think it's very easy to figure out who should use what bathroom. I don't care how you identify. When it comes to bathrooms and shit like that, do you have a penis? Use the men's room. Do you have a vagina? Use the ladies' room. Pretty easy. Can you stand up to pee? No? All right, go to the ladies' room. Do you need or use tampons? Yes, go to the ladies' room. I don't blame teenage kids for being weirded out by the fact that people of a clearly other sex are just walking into their bathroom like, no big deal. And quite frankly, I would be pissed off if I was a girl that needed to go use the restroom and a guy was holding up a stall because he could have been off in the you know bathroom next door taking a quick squirt into a urinal because he has a penis. Don't fucking take up my stall space. Oh. You know, one thing I wonder about, I don't really know how this works, but how do locker rooms and showers and things like that work? If you can 
consider yourself to identify a certain way or you're transgender or gender neutral? Are you taking a shower after gym class as a biologically born woman in the men's room with your titties hanging out? On the flip side, are you taking a shower in the ladies' locker room with your fucking dong hanging out? There's a reason why there was segregation introduced to bathrooms and showers and things like that. Of course, there's a lot of gray area. For example, if you're a gay man who identifies as a man and you go use the men's shower, well, that's like a scene out of Porky's. And it could very easily make the other men in the shower uncomfortable knowing that you're a gay man. But at least everyone in that shower has a fucking dong. There shouldn't be any vages or titties in the men's locker room. There shouldn't be any vages in the men's bathroom. There shouldn't be any dongs in the ladies' room. Chick-fil-A over fucking rated. I have had Chick-fil-A a few times in my life. The only reason it's been only a few times in my life is because the line is always stupid fucking double-wrapped around the goddamn building. And yeah, I think the food is good, but... Is it that good? I don't understand the fascination with Chick-fil-A. Why is it always a fucking crazy line at almost any time of the day, even non-peak times? It ain't that fucking good. It's just fucking chicken. And like I said, yes, I have enjoyed the food the handful of times that I have consumed it. So when I say that something is overrated or overconsumed, it doesn't even necessarily mean that I don't like it or I think it's bad. I just don't understand the fucking fascination with it. And I'm sure a lot of you out there are like, you think it's just good? Oh my God, it's so much better than like McDonald's or Wendy's chicken sandwiches. Well, fuck, yes, it should be. It's called Chick-fil-A. Wendy's is not called Wendy's Coop. McDonald's is not called McChickens. Their chicken sandwiches are essentially add-ons to the menu for the people who don't want fucking red meat. So I would hope that a place that has chicken or chick in their fucking name would be able to manufacture a better chicken sandwich or chicken product than McDonald's or Wendy's. So that's a shit argument. I know there's a huge debate amongst people when it comes to chicken sandwiches like Popeye's chicken sandwich versus Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. I'll be honest, I love Popeye's chicken, but there's not really many closely located to where I live, so I have not had Popeyes in years, oh, and I oh, have not had Popeyes since they introduced the chicken sandwich, which raged and fueled all of that debate about who has the best chicken sandwich. So I couldn't tell you, and I would honestly have to sit down with a Chick-fil-A sandwich and a Popeye sandwich at the same time and taste test back and forth. I, I'm not eating either of those enough to be able to remember how good it was. But yes, Chick-fil-A, in my opinion, crazy overrated. It's just fucking chicken. It's just fried chicken, baked chicken, mac and cheese, sauces, whatever other sides they have. Yeah, they've got the waffle fries. Waffle fries are good. I like the waffle fries. But it baffles me every time I see that stupid double-wrapped line of cars around a Chick-fil-A. I don't get it. <laughs> And originally, this episode was not supposed to be necessarily politically driven, more media and news driven, because I felt like I had this epiphany the other night, like I've talked about the polarity, the absolute division in our society, especially from a political perspective. 
And I came to a what I feel is a very logical conclusion as to why that is. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that people don't have opinions anymore. Everything is a fact. Everyone feels informed because they have access to news media on the television, on social media, whatever. And they can always point to this report or quote or whatever they read or whatever they heard or whatever they saw and say, no, that actually is a fact. That's science. Therefore, all of my perspectives are correct. No, not all of your perspectives are correct. And just because you quote or reference something that is indeed a fact, it doesn't actually mean that your perspective is correct. We live in a society of very biased and agenda-driven outlets. You look at the news sources out there, don't think they all don't have a fucking bias or agenda, like Fox News. We know Fox News is a very right-wing organization. Yes, they are. They're, like, pretty much the only Republican outlet out there. But they try and present themselves as fair and unbiased. Of course they do. Because that makes you feel like I'm watching the fair and unbiased network. The rest of you yahoos are just getting one side of the story. No, you're all getting one fucking side of the story. And facts can be spun in order to suit an agenda or a bias or a audience segment that is a target or an advertiser. Let me give you an example. We're going to create a fictional character. His name is Tom. And I'm going to tell you two facts about Tom. Both facts are true. Granted, this is a hypothetical fantasy scenario, so it's not actually true. But assume Tom exists for this exercise. Bear the fuck with me. And that these facts are true about Tom. Fact one. Tom spent the last two years volunteering for a nonprofit teen outreach center. Good for you, Tom. Fact number two. Tom was recently found guilty of molesting a 13-year-old girl. Okay, so if one, if you're only hearing about Tom's volunteering, you think that Tom is a good fucking guy. If you hear the, the fact that he, you know, molested a 13-year-old girl, you're thinking, how many more girls are going to come forward? Because you worked there for two years. Here's Tom, you son of a bitch. But again, no one assumed when I brought up the first fact that you were hearing the positive fact that there was anything bad about Tom. And those people that defended Tom all of his life when it came out that he molested that girl, he's going to say, no, I didn't. And all of the people that know him and support him are going to say, he couldn't have done that. I mean, look, he's been a volunteer for two years at a teen outreach center. How is it possible that he's that type of individual and molesting a teenage... God damn it, Tom! The God of Abraham, a lot of it is Abraham-based. Abraham, by the way, God told him to take his son up on a mountain and sacrifice him as a test. So sneaky Abraham takes his son up, ties him down, his son's freaking out, and at the very last second, a lamb appears to save his son, just to see if Abraham was going to do it. That's fucked up. Yeah, God be trolling. No, he be trolling hard. He also be trolling foreskins, because he also <laughs> forced Abraham to go cut the skin off the tip of his son's dick. Oh. I mean, imagine your response to that in that day and age. It's, this dude's out of his fucking mind. I, this sounds like a great horror flick. It does. <laughs> but this is, I mean, just like in the first, oh, I don't know. It's uh, maybe not Genesis, but maybe it is, but very early in the Bible is the story of, I think it's, is it Sodom and Gomorrah? But one of them gets away. Maybe it's not Sodom and Gomorrah, but I think it is. And one of them gets away and they have two daughters, but the woman dies. 
And I think it's because Gamora looked back. And, yeah, turned into a salt pillar. Yeah, and then Sodom is living in the outskirts because he's been banished, and he's basically living in a tent on the rocks with his two daughters. His two daughters want to be able to have children, so they drug their dad and take turns fucking him for multiple nights. Wow. Yeah. Family values. Right. I love it. There's a lot of incest in uh, the Bible. I mean, you look at Adam and Eve. Well, yeah, I was just about to right. say, I mean, the, the, the you know, the like an elephant in the room here. Right. They <laughs> yeah. had two sons. Well, I guess I guess we're done. <laughs> there goes the fucking right. bloodline. Well, well, yeah, they look at God like, wait, how does this work exactly? Right. <laughs> how do we get more of these? <laughs> do you see Eve? All right, you take your penis and insert it into the vagina. Well, you know, but that's my mommy. <laughs> Jesus. Um <laughs> where? It, it, <laughs> That was the first coming of Christ. Right. Um, Ooh. Right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm th- sure there was just porn music. <laughs> if, there, if there's a hell, we're definitely going to it after this. Um, no, it, it's it's funny because you, you said, that, you know, you made that joke, you know, take your penis out and put it in mommy or whatever. Oh, you know, there's oh a lot God. of parallels with them thinking that the serpent, you know, in that Adam and Eve story was actually supposed to be sex. Okay. I never knew that. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the, the serpent was like just teasing Eve into getting the forbidden fruit and taking a bite of it. So what, if that was all just a, like to allude to sex, then what was it really representing? Did Eve go off and find some fucking skanky bum sitting under a tree and she was tempted and she bobbed on his apples for a while? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I think the you just. The snake made me do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the serpent. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so silly. I fucking hate the term preheat. You do not preheat an oven. How is this caught on to where ovens, my own included, literally has the word preheat printed on the face of the oven to indicate when the oven is heated? You see it constantly on boxes of frozen food. Preheat the oven to 350. I will not preheat the oven. I will heat it. Preheating the oven is walking toward the oven, reaching your hands out and your little fingers, and preparing to turn the knob to the desired temperature. The minute you turn that fucking knob and start the temperature going, you're heating the oven. There's no pre. If you have a remote start to your car and you walk up to a window where you can see your car and you're about to press the button on your keychain so that you can start the car, you don't say, I'm going to pre-start my car. No, you're just starting the fucking car. Just because something happens before another thing happens after that does not mean that you have to include the prefix pre. Speaking of the word prefix, I didn't even mean to talk about that, but how convenient that they put the prefix pre in the word prefix. And they really fucked up with suffix. Perhaps there's some Latin root word suff that means end or after. I did not look this up. I don't know. I assure you I will research it before I edit this or during the editing process, and I will ding or buzz myself accordingly. But it does seem a tad redundant to have the prefix pre in the word prefix. 
the Wampanoag tribe formed like an alliance with the Plymouth Rock Pilgrims. And the Indians were very helpful with teaching the Pilgrims how to use the land. They taught them how to catch eel. That's a weird thing. They taught them how to grow corn. That's kind of an important thing. They also gave them their own food when the supplies from the English government that came during the winter were not sufficient. These Wampanoag tribe members stepped up and said, here's some of our supplies. Here's some of our rations. That was very nice. So now here we come to roughly late September and these Plymouth pilgrims have finished their first harvest. And it was a good harvest, probably because someone taught you how to grow corn. And in celebration, they threw a three-day feast. A freaking party! However, accounts from the day do not reveal this as being a Thanksgiving feast. So all the Thanksgivings I referenced before, you know, just white man Christian stuff, no big deal. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating this one event, even though it was not a Thanksgiving feast. Also, there's a good chance they didn't have any turkey or cranberry sauce. I'm guessing they ate a metric buttload of corn. Have you ever eaten a lot of corn? I'll tell you, I'm a fan of corn on the cob. And there's been many a summer that I've had an obsession with grilled corn on the cob to the point where I was eating, I don't know, five, six cobs a week. Now let me talk to you about how your digestive system works, or rather, when it chooses not to. There are certain things that your digestive system just says, No, you go ahead. I have other fish to fry. No pun intended. So when you eat too much corn, essentially the toilet begins to look more and more like a lemon Skittles factory. Trying to put this as mildly and cleanly as possible, I may be failing. So research has shown that this particular quote-unquote finger quotes Thanksgiving celebration took place between roughly September 21st and November 11th of 1621, most likely happening around the 29th. Remember, this was a three-day festival, so give or take. This three-day festival included 50 pilgrims from the Mayflower. Now, I'm going to tell you, a hundred of them arrived 50 of them. Half of them had died from disease and plague. I mean, at what point do you say, "I, I don't like this neighborhood anymore? In addition to the pilgrims were 90 Native Americans, primarily of the Wampanoag tribe. Okay, look, I know you want peace, but this was your chance, Wampanoag. There were 90 of you and 50 of them. That's kind of your bad. So this sounds like a really, okay, well, that is kind of Thanksgiving, right? That is what we're celebrating. Let me point out the last fact that descendants of the Wampanoag tribe have stated that the feast and the celebration were actually set up primarily for the pilgrims. They didn't invite the Indians. But when they got riled up later at night during this three-day feast and celebration, they were firing their guns into the air, and the Wampanoag tribe feared war, so they went to the camp only to find out, Oh, wait, you're having a big party? Maybe the message went into my spam folder. No, of course, they didn't have email or spam folders back then. That's just for the children, the rest of you. I hope you know that. And then, of course, when the Wampanoag tribe showed up and was, finger quotes, warmly greeted by the pilgrims, now the uh, Wampanoag tribe people also started giving food to the feast. It's kind of messed up. I mean, it's BYOB, I guess. 
So that is the Thanksgiving. You guys celebrate a big party by white people, and they did not invite the Native Americans. Awkward. And instead, we're just loud, noisy, ruckus people keeping the Wampanoag tribe awake at night until they finally had to go over there and be like, can you turn your guns down, please? We're trying to sleep. And they said, oh, what's going on here? I see a lot of food. We kind of gave you a lot of food. Remember that last winter? I mean, it's, you know, that was a gift. I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying. It's a little messed up. If you have an issue with cultural appropriation, guess what? You should not celebrate Thanksgiving. If you're going to take a stance against a girl wearing a Pocahontas costume, how dare you? How dare you even have deli-sliced turkey on Thanksgiving, you hypocrite. As I mentioned, my furnace went out uh, five days ago. Well, not went out, it just stopped blowing hot air. So essentially, a broken furnace. Never one to shy away from a challenge. I'm troubleshooting, I'm doing what I need to do to try and figure out how can I fix this without calling a repairman and turning this into some $8,000 fiasco. Speaking of which, I don't have $8,000 for a fiasco. You don't even have a pot to piss in. Yes, I do. I have several pots in my house to piss in. Don't worry. But I'm not afraid to roll up my sleeves, get my hands a little dirty, and try and fix things on my own. The main culprit seemed to be the thermostat, because when I woke up on the day that it was cold in my house, the thermostat showed nothing. And a few days before, it was blowing air out of the vent, but not hot air, and I had to kind of dick with the thermostat and do this and do that. And eventually, you know, in a matter of a couple minutes, the heat came back on and all seemed well. Then a few days later... Jeff wakes up with shredded sheets from his diamond-like nipples. All right, it wasn't that cold, but noticeable. So that night, I replaced the thermostat. I've never replaced a thermostat before, but I did. And as I mentioned on the last episode, it's a battery-operated thermostat, which my other one was not. So at least now I could see how freaking cold I was. And not just have to guess. I was pretty close, though, on my guesstimate. So I flipped the fuses back on for the furnace. I hit that thermostat on to heat and set it. Nothing happens. So now I'm not only realizing that it's not the thermostat that I just took time to go buy, to research, to install... And even when I figure out what it is, I still don't know if I installed the thermostat correctly. I've never done this before. I have no way to test it because the furnace is a big pile of shit. But I thought if the thermostat wasn't really working before, I still probably installed it properly. It's not that difficult, people. It's like four wires. They all have a color. They all go to a letter which typically lines up with the color, like yellow, the yellow wire, goes to Y. The white wire goes to W. The hardest part was just making sure I didn't lose the wires in the wall. They didn't come out that far, so I'm using a chip clip on the wiring coming out of the wall to keep it from getting sucked back into the wall while I'm working on stuff. It was very delicate, but very doable. So all of this happened on Saturday. Now it's Sunday morning. I'm just kind of a little dejected, still a little chilly. 
I ran the gas fireplace, but the gas fireplace really only heats the room that it's in, maybe a little bit of the kitchen. Doesn't really go that much further. They say heat rises, but it's got to get to the point where it can rise in my house to the second floor, and it just doesn't go that far. So that heat doesn't rise that much. You better check your facts, Jeff. I also have a space heater, a safe one, one I can turn on and not worry about the cat getting too close to it, or it, it'll auto shut off after a while if it's been on too long. So it's relatively safe. I still don't run it through the night when I'm sleeping because I don't trust the auto shut off that much. I trust it. I don't trust it with my sleeping life. But between that and the fireplace, I was able to get through Saturday night without it being crazy cold in here or getting rather crazy colder. You have all that information accessible at your fingertips instantly. It's the instant gratification. It's the thing that pisses me off and annoys me about social media, is people have a need for instant gratification. I posted this picture of my dog. I hope someone likes it soon before I find a belt in the closet. But it's not real knowledge. Yes, you have that knowledge once you see it, but you did nothing to earn that knowledge. Nothing. Even back in the day, if you needed to look something up in, say, like a textbook, and you needed to get an answer that you couldn't remember, for example, let's say like some chemistry question, and you couldn't remember what item on the periodic table matched with helium to create a blue flame. I'm making all of this up. I don't know that any of this is even possible. However, you would have to leaf through that book. It doesn't mean the information's not in the book, but you had to work for it a little bit. You had to know what section to go to. And if you couldn't find the right section, you had to start reading until you found yourself going down a trail that was going to lead you to the answer. Now you just type in on Google, helium plus what equals blue flame. More than likely, the top result will be Jeff is an idiot. I don't know why I use the blue flame. That's actually a very common color for flames. So... I feel even dumber. I don't have my Google machine in front of me. There is so much information out there that is so easy to get on so many things. I mean, you can go look up people's property. If you know someone's name and what county they live in, you can find their address. You can find pictures of their property. You can then go into Google Earth and you can 3D zoom and see if the guy's watering his lawn with his shirt off out in the front yard when the Google car went by. It's fucking crazy. Store and restaurant hours of operation. Addresses to all of these places. You All you need is the basic address, then drop it into GPS, and now the GPS gets you there. We don't even have to worry about fucking learning directions anymore. Just like I've discussed several times on the show, I don't know any fucking phone numbers. If it's not in my phone, and I don't have my phone, I'm fucked. 911, what is your emergency? My emergency is that I don't know anybody's number. That's not an emergency, sir. Could you just connect me to Pennsylvania 65000, please? And that was a joke for everyone over the age of 75. You're welcome. Here 
here we are coming up on the gift buying season, the holiday, the Christmas or the Hanukkah season. And up until 10, 20 years ago, if you wanted to buy something for someone, you had to go find it in a store. Now there's unlimited options, all kinds of shit that you can have delivered to your door in anywhere from one to five days. I will tell you, as a parent of kids during this transition in technology, it made Christmases kind of fucking blah. Because they would just hand me a list. Here's, I want this game. You can find it used on Amazon for $33.75. Here's a hat I like. It's on Hot Topic for $19.95. That's not how gift buying and gift giving is supposed to be. There's supposed to be some intrigue, some curiosity. What's in the box? What's in the box? But I don't think we have that anymore. Maybe some of you parents have done better than I did, but I'm telling you that at this point, our kids have such focused ideas of what they want and what they feel they need that they will tell you. Then you as a parent feel like if I don't fill that need for my child, then I am a bad parent. No more are the days of just putting a hula hoop under the tree for your daughter, even though she didn't ask for a hula hoop. I did that one year because it was cheap, it was easy, and it was a nice little surprise for her. But she was a very little girl, and I will be honest, this was before smartphones and levels of technology and internet access where she could go say, this is exactly what I want. When they got older and had their own phones, it was just easier to say, just give me a list. You're not getting everything. You'll be surprised by the things you don't get. That's your surprise. I hope I didn't leave things off that were your number one items. Tell you what, why don't you organize your list from priority to least priority? That takes some of the surprise out because there's a good chance the stuff at the bottom of your list is going to be the shit that I don't buy. Ugh. Kills the spirit of gift giving. You know, I talked about catfishing and the early days of taking pictures in certain ways. Now, uh, in most cases, catfishing is going to be someone that's using photographs or information about someone completely different to make you believe that they are that person and not the person that they are. Still, very fucked up. I'll go on record and say, very honestly, I have been catfished once. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. You fool me, we can't get fooled again. It was the first time that I ever attempted online dating. Not the last time, but let's just say I certainly do not practice it now and you could not pay me enough money to get on an online dating site. I'm going to guess this was probably like 15 years ago. I think the website was plentyoffish.com. And of course, it's just like social media. You have a profile. The person has pictures. They have information about themselves. And then you can start to message each other directly. And then eventually, if you're comfortable, exchange phone numbers. And now you can just text each other and you don't even need to use the website anymore. But apparently this person was using photos of another person. And in full transparency, I will tell you that the reason is because the real person was extremely overweight and not so attractive. 
perspective, not because of the weight, just in general. But we got past the point of direct messages. We got to the point of texting and phone calls. And of course, me saying, hey, let's meet. Let's meet each other. Let's take this to the next step. Let's have a physical interaction. And there was always a reason why that couldn't happen or we would make plans to do that and the plans would fall through. And then finally, I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Either we're meeting today or we don't need to talk anymore. At which point she confessed, Okay, look, I gotta come clean. I'll meet you, but you need to understand something. I said, what do I need to understand? At no point did I think she was not who she said she was in the photos. Catfishing probably wasn't even a term at that point. It certainly wasn't a movie or a show on MTV. So she sends me a picture of herself. And I'm very confused, like, what is this? And then it's just, it kind of slowly sunk in and hit me. Oh, the person that I have been visualizing in phone calls and texts for weeks is maybe some friend of hers, some random stranger. I don't know, but it ain't her. Didn't matter if she would have sent me a picture of an attractive person as herself. At that point, the trust was broken. Now, it helped that the picture she sent me was a little... And again, not fat shaming. I'll be honest, I would much appreciate a woman with a little meat on her bones over someone who's like skinny. Skinny kind of grosses me out. So this is not weight or fat shaming. So I felt stupid, and of course it was years before I attempted any kind of online dating again. And when I did, I just found it was, eh, I was always mistrustful. I never assumed that a person was actually the person that I believed them to be. Not necessarily that the pictures that they had online were not of themselves, but just the way that people present themselves. I've said this before, you know, it's very filtered the way that we put things in social media and present ourselves. It's also very filtered when you have a conversation. How often do you have a conversation with anyone anymore that is in person or on the phone versus the amount of times that you have conversations? with people digitally through email or text or chat, direct message, I would assume if you kept a log or a journal, you would find that the majority of your interactions, even with your spouse, are of a digital nature. And guess what? When you have a digital communication, you do not have a real interaction. Because you can now say, like, type something and realize, yeah, I don't want to say that, delete Retype, delete, retype again. That's not how people in society and communication is supposed to work. That's probably why a lot of relationships last two, three, four, five years and then finally crumble even when they should have never taken place to begin with because people were able to constantly hide behind this persona, this filter, this faker, and present themselves in a way that is not true to who they are. And eventually over time, the truth comes out. But it's not just one person in a relationship. It's both of them. They're both doing the same thing. So over time, when that truth comes out, they start to realize, holy shit, we are totally not compatible. How did we ever think we were compatible to begin with? Oh, yeah. We were talking out of our ass through a digital medium. 
My bad. But back to catfishing, we are absolutely a society of catfishers. Constantly. Even if you're not using a filter, if you are holding your phone a certain way to get your best side, hide your 14th chin. Jeff's got more chins than a Chinese phone book. Even makeup on ladies. Not that I have an issue with makeup on women. However, there are some women who are drop-dead gorgeous, and then once the makeup comes off... A winter driving story is when I was younger. I was, I am guessing, 18 years old. I worked at Pizza Hut, and I was closing that night, and there was a huge snowstorm coming in to the point where we actually closed the store early. However, I was a shift manager, so I had to be the last one there to finalize the money, the numbers, all of that stuff, and then try and get my ass home safely. It wasn't that far, and I made it about three-quarters of the way there, and then I turned right on a road off of another road. That's how driving works, Jeff. I know. That was probably an unnecessary explanation. Anyway, I turn right on this road, and I'm going like one mile an hour. So slow. The roads are just covered in snow. No one's had a chance to clean this area yet because the storm came in fast and hard. And as I make this right turn, my car decides, I'm just gonna keep turning right. And I ended up just going nose down into a ditch in the cold, snowy, wintry weather at about one o'clock in the morning. I had a Mountain Dew between my legs because at the time my car, the cup holders, I don't remember why I wasn't using a cup holder. All I know is there was a Mountain Dew between my legs and when I went nose down into the ditch, slowly, like at the speed, I was almost going so slow that I was traveling backward in time. That's how slow it all happened. But when I went into the ditch, I do remember my Mountain Dew, a can of Mountain Dew between my legs, just falling down around my feet where the pedals are and just unloading itself, which turned into Mountain Dew slushy because the temperatures were so fucking low. I then had to get out of my car, climb out of the ditch, walk about a mile and a half to a payphone, and I called a friend of mine who I knew was at my apartment. He had AAA. I did not, but he called AAA on his behalf, I guess, making it sound like it was his vehicle, and they came with a tow truck. Now, the tow truck, finally, when it shows up, keep in mind I have to walk like a mile and a half back to my fucking car in a fucking almost blizzard, and the tow truck shows up, and now they have to try and pull my car out of this ditch. The problem was the roads were such shit that the tow truck was having a hard time getting any traction to pull me out. So once they were connected, they were trying to back up and pull me out, but their truck wasn't going anywhere. At the end of the day... Literally, we finally agreed and decided this ain't fucking happening. My friend came and picked me up. It wasn't that far from the apartment to where I was at. Got me back to my apartment, and the next day, my car was able to be removed from the ditch. That right there, that's Ohio weather. That's Ohio driving. 
And what spurred the idea for this topic was talking to my mom recently, who is an avid listener and a fan of the podcast. I mean, she's an easy fan to get, so I can't exactly pat myself on the back too hard for that one. But she made a comment to me in a phone conversation about how she can tell the little parts and the things that I add afterward, not referring to sound effects, but like to the fact where it sounds like I'm having a conversation with myself at times. And I had to say, um, no, mom, I add nothing. The only thing that I add after the fact after the recording of the spoken word portion of the podcast is the music or the sound effects or the things that I plug in over top of the spoken word. If at any point in any episode of the podcast it has sounded like I'm having a conversation with myself or going back and forth or you feel like I have gone back in and added something spoken word based, that's just how my fucking brain works. On one side of the coin, I can take pride in knowing that I'm capable of literally having conversations with myself in real time in different voices and people might think that it was done in post if you don't know what in post means if you've ever heard that term related to television film music podcast in this example in post means to do it in post production so after the fact it's not something that was done during filming or recording now on the flip side of the coin Perhaps I should also be a little worried because maybe I'm, you know, batshit crazy because I can have conversations with myself in real time and different voices and people think it was done in post. So take the good with the bad, I guess. Now, the title of this podcast is Goodbye Fourth Wall. And just to avoid using vernacular that people may not know, I will explain what the fourth wall is in case anyone doesn't know. When you tear down the fourth wall is typically how the term is used. It's like when you're watching a TV show and it's a fictional show and at no point in time are the characters of the show ever supposed to think that there's a camera in the room. It's like we're getting a fly on the wall perspective of this person's life. Breaking down the fourth wall would be looking into the camera for anyone who ever watched Three's Company. I'm dating myself. I'm a knock on our door. I'm a knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. But Norman Fell, who played Mr. Roper, he would look into the camera and cheese for the camera, so making this cheesy-ass grin. That would be breaking down the fourth wall, because it takes you out of that feeling of being the fly on the wall. The characters are now cognizant of the fact that they are part of a show. Additionally, the term tearing down the fourth wall could be used to explain exposing how things work, how things operate. And sometimes you don't want to know how the sausage is made. How sausage made, Jeff? I don't want to know. Because I like sausage. <laughs> and that concludes part two of this two-part series of the first ever best of Jeff Becomes Jeff. I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to clips from the past that maybe you liked before and had completely forgotten about something or just were happy to hear it again. I will continue to do best of episodes. I may do it like every 25th episode moving forward of the previous 24 or 25 episodes. That way I don't have to kind of consume an entire week with a two-part. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll wait till I get to 100 and just do a two-parter again. As always, please be sure to go follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Everyone, please have a very safe and very happy new year. And be sure to tune in Monday when I completely dismantle all of your logic behind New Year's resolutions. Yeah!
Until next time, I'm Jeff. I'm Balthasar. I think my blanket fell off the horse when we were riding. Does anyone have an extra blanket? And I'm Caspar. Dude, we had a $20 limit. What the fuck? And I'm Melchior. Good night.